Hey everybody, I'm Amber. And I'm Maggie. And this is Crime Country. And this week, we are in Iowa. Yeah, we are. Um, some random facts about Iowa are... The state got its name from the Native American tribe, the Iowa people. I hope I'm oh. saying that correctly. Um, and Iowa, in their language, means beautiful. So when they first came to the area, the tribe was just like, Iowa, 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 because they were like, beautiful, 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 of the, like, trees or something. I don't know. But Oh, the way you just said that, like, Iowa, Iowa, Iowa. So we were at my neighbor's house one day, and there was this guy, and I forget which nationality he is. So this is a terrible story <laughs> um, already, because I forgot. But um he was saying that like in his culture or his language they will say iowa iowa for like party like let's party or whatever you know huh interesting so maybe he's (laughs) maybe he's part of the iowa tribe and it's just evolved because language is ever evolving possibly maybe um in iowa Hogs outnumber people four to one. Oh, wow. Yeah. So there's like three million people in Iowa, which means there's like 12 million hogs in Iowa. Holy cannoli. Yeah. There's a lot of hogs. Yeah. <laughs> um, Iowa has a 99% literacy rate, which makes it the highest in the nation. Dang. They also are on the top of the charts for ACT and SAT scores. Bunch of smart people in Iowa. Yeah, well done, Iowa. Um, The first female lawyer in the United States was from Iowa in 1869. Dang. Uh, The first computer was created in Iowa. What? It's still on display at, like, the University of Iowa or something like that. Hmm. And then, lastly, about 10,000 years ago, Iowa was home to giant sloths. Giant sloths? Yes. They grew up to be about 17 feet tall. Holy cow. And weighed five tons. What the? They were like dinosaurs, but like sloths. That's insane. (laughs) Yeah. Also, I want to see one in real life. Um, Me too, right? So they've discovered their like remains in Iowa, and they're on display at the Museum of National History at the University of Iowa. Huh. All right. We should go to the University of Iowa. If I'm ever in Iowa, I want to see <laughs> the remains of a giant sloth, is all I'm saying. Just putting yeah. it out there. I need to remember that if I go to Iowa, which I won't because I don't remember anything. <laughs> but exactly. if anyone hears that I'm going to Iowa, remind me. I want to see the giant sloth remains. Yes. What? That's a weird sentence to say. That is a weird sentence to say. I don't think I've ever been to Iowa. I don't think I have either. Sorry, Iowa. We are not well-traveled. And we're just going to tell some crime stories from your state. Sorry. (laughs) Hey, Amber, it's good to see you. So good to see you. It's been too long. I know, it's been like three weeks almost. Yeah, that's a long time when we go from recording once a week. Yeah, we haven't even texted that much because I've been so busy. Um, Yeah, you had a lot going on, though. Yeah, it was crazy. And, I mean, I mean, you moved and we still only missed one week. So I'm like, how are we, like, missing 
So to our listeners, it doesn't sound like we missed as much because we had a book in the bank. Had a book. Had a a, bu- a book in the bank. Had an episode in the bank that we released <laughs> last week, but we haven't talked in almost three weeks. And well, we haven't recorded in almost three weeks. And now we don't have any in the bank to give me any time to like record or edit. But um, I think toddlers makes the difference. Yeah. Moving with toddlers. It's a fucking joke. Um, Last time we moved, I had like a nine-month-old. And they're way more manageable, but I also was pregnant. Yeah. And this time I have a a three-and-a-half-year-old and a two-year-old. And it's like, oh, my God, you can't just let them do their own thing for a while while you try and pack and stuff because they just want to kill themselves. That's like, (laughs) I'm pretty sure that's what's biologically engineered into their beings is like oh let's see what kills us so oh man uh, it was crazy it was a crazy couple weeks but we're moved we're in the new house it's great heck yeah that's awesome yeah so we went from a 4,000 square foot house to like a 2,500 2,400 square foot house but the entire basement's unfinished so the livable space is like 1300 square feet yeah much less (laughs) we're trying to fit all of our belongings into like a third of the space that it was in how's that going pretty good uh (laughs) i'm really excited for the basement to be finished oh yeah for sure currently recording in that basement and it was a process so (laughs) i'll have to take a picture of my office space yeah and post it because it's we had a couple rolls of like carpet that hadn't been put down you know to like replace anything like at the old house that got fucked up or whatever Uh so i've got like a rug beneath me and some random rolls of carpet to try and help like reduce sound i'm in the one corner of this basement that has sheetrock on the walls but the ceiling doesn't have any and it's right next to the furnace (laughs) and if that furnace kicks on I'm going to have to put a blanket over everything. I tried to build an egg carton wall behind my computer there to, like, yeah. help. Um, And we put our extra mattress just, like, in front of the furnace to try and reduce the sound. But the furnace is super loud right here next to it. Um, yeah. And it's really fucking cold here because we're at, like, 5,500 feet elevation. Oh, man. That's really, that's like over a mile high. Yeah, 5280 is one mile. Yeah, so we're over that. Um, We're in the mountains, basically. Mountains, as non-Utans would say. I always get self-conscious about saying mountain. Mountain, mountain. Yeah, because everybody says Utahns don't say their T's. Oh. Mountain. I went to Brighton. Brighton High School. Brighton High School. <laughs> it's near the mountains the mountains <laughs> so <laughs> i live in the mountains now and uh it's cold and there's lots of beautiful nature and yeah it's gorgeous it's really pretty but if you come visit we don't have a super comfy guest bedroom anymore for you that's fine. I could sleep on the couch for all I care. We have couches, we have nuggets, we have blow-up mattresses, we have a camper. We have plenty of places. You should still come visit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yes, absolutely. It's much smaller than the old house, so my kids will definitely be 
definitely be in your business if you come visit. That's fine. I mean, when you come visit. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> good, good catch. When? Yeah. Because when. <laughs> I'm definitely going to come visit. <laughs> I need to come see you too. But how was your last three weeks? So, my last three weeks uh, kind of sucked a little bit. Oh, no. Uh, because the day after Thanksgiving, uh, we were in an accident oh, with no. the side-by-side. You didn't so, even tell me what? No, I've been sulking and very antisocial about it. Your because brand new side-by-side. Brand new to us. Yeah, I mean, you guys have had it for a month. Well, that was the second time we took it out. And, uh, yeah, we had an accident. We rolled it. Are you guys okay? Yeah, we're okay. Aaron jammed his thumb. I have a real nasty, like, cut on my finger. Oh, man, yeah. And it's, like, swollen. I thought I was going to need stitches, but I didn't need stitches. Um, I had bruises, like all over from head to toe like my arms my chest hurt like it was sore i mean it just barely started not being sore and yeah, i had and bruises been like three weeks because we yeah. talked like the day before thanksgiving i feel like yeah so that was super uh not fun but we're all fine Thank goodness. I'm glad you're okay. That sucks. That was like your big fear too. Like you were really worried about that. Yeah, I was super worried about it. And of course it freaking happened. But thankfully we were wearing all of our safety gear, helmets, seatbelts, all the stuff. And the roll cage did its job. Thank goodness. Um, And Aaron just got in a car accident a couple months ago too. Yeah. So it's just been rough uh time but we're fine side by side okay no it's completely wrecked like it's like the the motor and the engine and the frame is fine but like we have to rebuild the the whole thing like the roll cage was wrecked my door it was so scary the door on my side somehow like the impact or whatever it was open and it was folded in half backwards and just up against the machine so like my side was on the ground and there's just dirt and then me and there was like no the door was just like back so like it was it was crazy I don't know but thankfully we're alive yeah, we can replace the thing. Yeah. It's just stupid. And it's going to take a long time. But, I mean, it is replaceable and we are not. So, that's that's the main thing. Yeah, I'm so glad you're okay. I mean, Ugh. we, me and you have a good friend who just had a severe head injury from a yeah. rolling a, a razor side by side. Yeah, so. <sighs> wow. I can't believe could... you didn't tell me. <laughs> I literally, I haven't even told my family. Yeah, because I'm embarrassed and I get it. Like, just, everybody's just going to be worried and you feel kind of dumb about it. Yeah, we're just like pissed and like, no, shit man, happens. No, it could have happened to anybody. Yeah. It happens. That's what happens. That's the, the risk you take when you go on a side by side and yeah. 
have a good time, whatever. So Ugh, I'm so glad you're okay. Uh, That's so scary. Yeah. So that part sucked. But um, other than that, I'm recovering. My finger still hurts and my finger still like swollen, but it's fine. Um, in other news, though, we went to Aaron's um, holiday party at his work this past weekend, and I got to get dressed up all fancy. For a second, I thought you were gonna be like, in other news, I'm pregnant, and I was gonna be like, I fucking hate you. You don't wait till the podcast to tell me that, okay? No, if that ever happened, I wouldn't wait till the podcast. You were the first uh, person I told, damn it. <laughs> but no, so we got to get all fancy, and I won a ra- like a prize in his work raffle, so I I won a PlayStation 5, which is amazing because Aaron has been wanting one for so long, and I didn't want to have to buy it. And now so expensive and hard to come by. Yeah, so I got super lucky, Um, but that was awesome, and it was so much fun. Okay, so So, a little bit of good news in there. (laughs) Yeah, but that's pretty much the most of most of the things that have gone on and then I just been super antisocial and like bummed out but the last weekend definitely uh cheered me up a little bit that's nice at least there's that yeah that's crazy yeah so fun stuff that's a lot I'm glad you guys are okay me too it definitely could have been worse but the stupid urgent care that I went to um the first guy that saw me he was such an asshole like I never felt like more like I never felt worse in my life because number one I didn't want to go there because I thought I was gonna have to get stitches in my finger so I'm a baby and I was like I don't want to go I'm scared do I have to go and both of our personality types also are like not great with criticism Oh, not at all. I mean, we're more than willing to. We want to do the best. So if someone comes out with yeah. at us with like really valid and polite criticism, we're gonna be like, "Oh, thank you for helping me be better." Right. But when someone's just a fucking dick, it makes both of us be like, "I feel terrible about myself." One hundred percent. I wish I never came here. I wish I never did this. Yes. I would have rather just bled out at home than deal with a <laughs> shitty doctor. No kidding, dude. That's exactly how I felt. And because he's like, "Why'd you take so long to get here?" And I'm like, "We were in the desert, and uh, we had to like pack up things and drive because I'm half hours far away. I like, and, no better reason. Sorry." And then he's like, well, so I had this Band-Aid on it, and it was the stupidest Band-Aid I could ever put on it because it was like a waterproof water blocker Band-Aid so I could take a shower before I went because I was all, like, gross from the desert. Yeah, and Um, rolling in an ATV. And it's not like you were about to lose your thumb. Right. Like, it was fine. It was pretty gnarly. It was pretty gross, but it's literally fine. It's not hanging Um, by a thread. Yeah, no. It's like but, there might be an infection, so it's probably good to go in. Yeah, and so he was such an asshole, and he's like, well, why why didn't you come in? Most doctors wouldn't even look at you. And then he was, like, basically telling me that the skin on my finger was dead and, like, made, making me feel like a total piece of shit. And I was like, 
uh, I don't know. And then I didn't want to look at it because it was gross. And so I'm like trying to pull the bandaid off and I'm struggling. And he's like, I can take it off. And then he tries to start taking the bandaid off. And he's like, don't you have nails? Can't you get this off? And I'm like, uh, yeah, okay. And I'm like trying not to cry. Like, because you this have guy's a nurse that's nice with a little <laughs> yeah. scissors. Medical like, scissors that can cut through this in two seconds. Right. I'm yeah. like trying not to cry because he's being such a dick. And I'm just like peeling this band-aid off. And then I finally get it off. And I'm like not looking at it. And he's like, Oh, you like filleted it. And I'm like, I don't know what that means, guy. I don't I don't know what you're saying to me. Sliced and then <laughs> And then he's just like a complete dick and he's like, Okay, well, I don't know if the doctor's even gonna see you, blah blah blah, because you waited so long and this and that. You're and like, I'm like What? So I just deal with it? Like what? I, yeah, I'm like, well, like if you're not gonna do anything for me, what exactly what what what, is what do I do from here then? Right. And I didn't. I wasn't even about to ask the guy any questions because he was a freaking dick face. Ew, I hate that. And I'm so like you with the passiveness Ugh. when it comes to me. But if it was someone I loved and a doctor was being like that and I was there, I'm the one who's like, nope, fuck you. And like, they wouldn't let Aaron go back with me because of stupid COVID, COVID. So I'm like back there all like almost in tears. And I don't know what to think because this guy's like being a complete jerk off. But thankfully, after he left, I guess who knows what he told the doctor because the doctor came in and she was like, at first, she kind of made me feel like a piece of shit, too, for not getting there in time. But I was like, look, you know, I'm sorry. I don't do well with this stuff. Like, I I don't get hurt often. I don't I didn't yeah. want to deal with this. Like I'm I'm not a professional in injuries. I don't have to deal with this often. I don't right. I got here I'm as like, soon as I could. I'm sorry. Yeah. So thankfully, like after she started like poking around with my finger, she like sprayed some numbing stuff on it because she was like trying to get in there. Yeah. And then she like put this wooden stick in my finger she like jabbed it in there to see how deep it was and it was like a millimeter deep so like I don't know what I did but it was really nasty and I think there's like a like a chunk of my finger like that, that was missing yeah. so like that's why it looked pretty gross because yeah. there was like a divot uh I think I I have a picture I can send it to you please um, do I like seeing those things yeah, I'm I'll not someone that gets grossed out by blood. I'm like, warn me, but I want yeah. to see the picture for sure. Yeah. I'll send a picture to you. But so she starts poking around and then she's like, no, this is fine. And I was so freaking nervous. I'm like, so I'm not going to lose my finger. Oh, and she's like, she's like, no, you're not going to lose your finger. You're fine. And I'm like, okay. And then she made me feel much better. But she's like, look, you know, I think this is going to heal up just fine. Like, since you were in the desert, we're going to give you a tetanus shot and some antibiotics, and then we'll send you on your way. Where do um, they just, stick your tetanus shot? Um, Just in my arm. Oh, you don't have to get it in the butt. No, thank goodness. <laughs> I've just heard uh, of that before. I don't know why. Because nope. it's a meaty spot. I've heard they have to give it in the oh. butt. <laughs> well, yeah, there's plenty of meat there, uh, <laughs> but <laughs> no, it was just in my arm. Um, 
So it was fine. And then she was very nice. And she came in like three different times and was like talking to me and was like, you're going to be fine. Like, I'm so glad that you guys were safe. Like you could have been like life flighted out of there if you guys weren't being safe and you didn't have the proper equipment. Yeah. Like she wasn't wearing the proper equipment and she almost died. Yeah. So it's super duper important when you're out in those things, be safe, wear your seatbelts, wear your helmets. No matter how far you're going. We have a friend, me and Spencer, who has dirt bikes and stuff, but he doesn't ride them often because his, he has a a baby. She's like a little over a year old, a year and a half maybe, but they also had to adopt his sister-in-law's kids because she died unexpectedly. Oh, and they no. no, like her, their dad was never in the picture or something. So they have like a preteen and a nine year old, plus they're like one and a half year old. So they've been dealing with all that over the last like two years. And like right after she died and they adopted the kids, they found out she was pregnant and they've been trying oh for goodness. a long time to get pregnant. So it was like, wow. Uh, yeah. But what the fuck? So they're. <laughs> They've been going through this crazy thing. And then, so he hasn't done his dirt biking or motocross in a while. And one night he just decided to go ride around his neighborhood. Like, no big deal. Ride around the neighborhood. He popped a wheelie or something, wasn't wearing a helmet, almost fucking died. He oh my crashed, gosh. cut his head open. He had to have crazy surgery. And he is just like, don't be a fucking idiot like me. Wear a fucking helmet no matter how far you're going. Just around yeah. the neighborhood, wear a helmet exactly like it's so important and you never know what could happen yeah exactly just be smart yeah stuff has the danger that comes with it and so you just gotta take precautions yes for sure but oh well the rest of the nurse um the one that like bandaged me up in the end and gave me my shot she was super sweet and the doctor was super sweet so that other nurse guy was just having a terrible day and decided to take it out on me. My stepdad went into the ER, which he is not likely to do unless you make him because he's in so much fucking pain. Yeah. So, like, he had a brain tumor, and my mom was like, we're going to the ER. Because, oh, my gosh. Yeah. Uh, like, when I was in fifth grade, long time ago. Um, But he had to have full-on brain surgery. Like, they removed part of his skull, part of his brain remove the tumor, ah. put it back together. He lost his short-term memory and, like, his smoking. He was a smoker, and he just never had desire to smoke again after the surgery, which is, wow. like, a s- small blessing. Yeah. Preferably, you know, you don't get a brain tumor. But uh, right? he almost died, and my right. little brother was uh, four, maybe. I don't know. Um, I don't want to do the math. Three? I don't know. Anyways, so... He said a type of person that doesn't go in unless you make him, but he was having these horrible pains a couple years ago, right around Father's Day, and my mom finally made him go in. She was like, nope, this is serious. Like, we need to yeah. go to hospital. And so they admitted him because he was in so much pain and they were running tests or whatever. So I went to the ER because my mom was like, dad's in pain. Like, we're at the hospital. And I was like, do you want company? Like, I'll, where are you at? So I went with them and I'm in the ER with them because they were keeping him to run all the tests because they knew yeah. something was wrong. And then the ER doctor comes in and he's like, you have pancreatitis. And we we're like, okay, what does that mean? And he's like, well, 
it means your pancreas isn't working right now or whatever and we have to keep you for a few days to get the infection out i don't remember if he had to have surgery i don't i don't remember it was huh. a few years ago but he's like we have to keep you for a few days you can't you have to be on a liquid diet we have to get everything out of your system and we have to remove your pancreas is that a thing oh my gosh i think so yeah so he had to do that and my mom was like he just got switched to a different blood pressure medicine could that be causing this problem and the er doctor was like i don't know i can google it (sighs) and it was like don't say that um well i can too and i will and then he just left the room like he didn't even end up googling it but i did thankfully i was there because my mom had so much going on she didn't she was just like okay the doctor's gonna look into it and my stepdad was in so much pain he wasn't even thinking about it yeah but i was like like, i don't care mom what's the name of that medicine and i googled it and the first thing that came up was like side effect pancreatitis it can immediately cause pancreas failure or whatever oh my gosh and so we're like okay cool we know what caused this he can switch back to his old blood pressure medicine. He didn't even want to get off it in the first place. That's a whole other bad doctor story. Ugh. But then they admitted him to the hospital because he had to get better. Um, and it was going to take like a week. And so the next morning I woke up. I always wake up early. I just went to the hospital to like spend time with them because it was Father's Day. And so I went and I'm sitting in the hospital with them. First thing in the morning, the nurse comes in and she's doling out his medicine. She's like, this one's for pain. This one's for your stool softener. This one's for this. This is your blood pressure medicine. This is this. And I was like, wait, what blood pressure medicine is that? And she's like, oh, it's yeah. the one he already told us he was using. And I was like, um, hello, <laughs> we think that's what caused this. <laughs> And she was like, well, I just have to give him everything that's on this chart. And it was like, okay, but that's what's causing him to be here. And he's going to keep having this problem if he keeps taking that. Oh, my God. And she was like, so you're refusing the medicine? And I just looked at my mom because I was like, I can't refuse medicine for this adult man, you know? And my mom was like, yes, we're refusing the medicine. But the nurse was so put out. And the ER doctor just wrote it off like it was nothing. And it was so frustrating that like you're like guys come you, on you know what's going on in your personal life they should listen to you when right. you think there's a problem because you know and you're obviously not trying to get pain pills you know like it just sucks that certain people in that profession take things too lightly and don't believe the patients no it's so scary like what can really go down and like the people that we trust with our health and our bodies and our lives um that's that's another reason why i'm like i don't want to go to the urgent care because they're just annoyed because there's a bunch of people coming here for whatever reason like some people go for no reason at all and like because there are drug addicts trying to get pain pills or whatever but so I just don't want to put myself in the position to be there because I don't want to be the patient that they're just like, okay, you're a fucking idiot. <laughs> like, you're stupid. Yeah. Why are you here? And like, oh my God. I feel like we could talk about this for hours. Like, cause I yeah. had that one doctor that told me I went in for my high blood pressure, you know, mm-hmm. cause I didn't have a family doctor after I had my second child and my blood pressure never came down. Um, I never had high blood pressure before. Late in my preg- my first pregnancy, got high blood pressure. 
it slowly came down after that pregnancy. As soon as I got pregnant the second time, went straight back up after I had the baby, stayed really high. And I got used to keeping an eye on it during my pregnancy. So I kept keeping an eye on it after and it was still really high. So I told my gynecologist and she was like, you have to go to a family doctor to get on blood pressure medicine. And I was like, okay, cool. Um, after I ended up in the ER because it was so fucking high and oh they were gosh. like, you're going to die. Um, so I go to, I'm finding, trying to find a family doctor to get me on like a regular blood pressure medicine. And the first guy I go to is super old and he was like, well, yeah, you're kind of overweight, but you're really pretty. Don't worry. Oh, I remember you telling me that. He told me like four times in this doctor's appointment how pretty I was. You're like, okay, thank you, sir. But like, no, thank you. Do your job. I'm not here to be reassured that I'm pretty. Just get me <laughs> on some right. fucking blood pressure medicine. Yeah, I'm uh, overweight. Yeah, I'll work on that. I just had two babies in the last 18 months. Fuck you. Give me some medicine, <laughs> you old man. I don't care if you think I'm pretty. Uh, uh, like, yeah so i obviously never went back there <laughs> yeah doctors suck um we went on a real tangent we should probably get into our story yeah let's do it <laughs> okay on to my story i'm gonna tell you today about jamie mcmahon and chris kaufman so mahaska county iowa is in rural iowa it's a small community that sees very little serious crimes, and it's one of the safest counties in the state of Iowa. But in June of 1997, a vicious crime spree shook Mahaska County to its core. <laughs> On June 11th, 1997, 52-year-old Barb Garber... Barb Garber. It's a weird name to say out loud. Barbara Garber did not show up for work. Her boss, who also happened to be her landlord, called the police and asked them to do a welfare check because it was really unlike Barb to not come to work and not let him know in advance that she wouldn't be there. So police show up to Barb's house shortly after 930 in that morning and they found the front door unlocked. And then when they went inside, they found Barb sitting in a chair with her breakfast nearby but she'd been shot four times. Twice, ah. twice in the chest and twice in the head. Ooh. Yeah. So no mistake there. They went there with a purpose. Yeah. They found 22 caliber shell casings nearby and they noticed that Barb's green Ford pickup truck was missing. They asked neighbors if they'd seen anything or heard anything. And one neighbor said that they had seen a strange car in Barb's driveway around 5.15 that morning. It was a gray station wagon and there were two people inside. So the police were like, okay, so we're probably looking at two people for this crime. And they got to Barb's house a little bit after 9.30 and right around 10 a.m. they get a message over the radio that there was a bank robbery at Gibson Bank, which is only eight miles away from Barb's oh. house. Two white men had come in in ski masks and coveralls, and they'd gotten away with $65,000 just oh. after 10 a.m. at the Gibson Bank. That's a lot of money. Yeah, that's a shit ton of money for a bank robbery. Yeah. You hear stories, and it's like, oh, they got like 5000 8000 No, these guys 65. got- 65? 
$65,000 in this bank robbery. And seeing as this town rarely saw any major crime at all, this didn't seem like a coincidence. The fact that there was a homicide and a bank robbery within eight miles, within a yeah. couple hours of each other, they, they were feeling like these were pretty, pretty likely connected to each other. Yeah, definitely. So they are questioning people at the scene of bank robbery, and a 10-year-old girl is like, I, I saw two men in ski masks drive up to the bank in a blue sedan. Oh, so it's not a station wagon. Not a gray station wagon. Or a green pickup truck. Mm. And so they're like, okay, well, two men, maybe. But thankfully for the police's sake, there's only three roads that lead in and out of Gibson. And so they just start going up and down those roads to see what they can find. And along one of those roads, there's a little dirt road pull out and they find a blue sedan abandoned on the side of the road. And so the police officer that found the blue sedan, which matched the car that robbed the bank, recognized the car. It's a small town. They know who drives what. Yeah, yeah. the scene. And this car belonged to an 18-year-old girl named Island Schultz. Ooh. So by 11 a.m., so 9.30 a.m., like a little after 9.30, they're at Barb's house and discover her body. Around 10, they get the call about the bank robbery. And a little bit after 11, they're at Island Schultz's house because they already found her abandoned car. Um, they didn't know if she was involved in the bank robbery. Or if she was a victim and, like, her card had been stolen yeah. or if something had happened to her. But they for sure wanted to make contact with her and see what was going on and make sure she was okay. Yeah. So they get to Island's house and she was not okay. Oh, no. They found Island's body in her living room. Mm -hmm. The 18-year-old had been shot in the back of the head and in her forehead with a twenty-two oh. caliber shell casing nearby so the same caliber bullets as the other one yep so it was rare that police would see a homicide in this small town in a five plus year period so to have two homicides in a pretty major bank robbery in yeah. an eight mile radius in one day was more than coincidence and they yeah were, that's nuts they were sure they were all connected they were still going to do all their research to make sure, but they were like, crime spree, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. So police are questioning neighbors of Island, and uh, one neighbor comes forward and he's like, I saw a green pickup truck outside of Island's house around 9.30 this morning. And police are like, bing pot, um, green pickup truck. <laughs> and that was after Barb probably died this morning. Yeah. Because her boss didn't call police until like 10 we didn't show up till like 10 30 but she probably was supposed to be at work by like nine or whatever mm -hmm. so the police feel like these are all connected but they don't have much else to go on at this point so they do a press conference and they let people know that they're looking for a green pickup truck or a gray station wagon they found the blue sedan so they know that was islands but they found it yeah and they found her body. So they're like, we're looking for a green pickup truck or a gray sedan or station wagon. And real quickly after their 
a press conference, they get a tip from this man, and he, it's a small town, so everybody knows everybody, right? Yeah. And they get this tip, and this guy's like, hey, I saw Jamie McMahon driving a green pickup truck that morning. I think it was like the day before. I don't know if it was the day over the day after they did this press conference, but whatever. So this guy's like, I saw Jamie McMahon driving a green pickup truck that fits that description. And he's like, I know Jamie and I know he's a 22 year old unemployed guy and there's no way he could afford this car or this truck. So it stuck out in my mind when I saw him and I remembered it. Definitely like look into him. Yeah. So the police are like, oh, we know Jamie. Because again, because again, small town and Jamie was a 22-year-old kid. He had an 18-year-old stepbrother named Chris Kaufman. And the two of them were part of this, like, gang of teenage boys in the town and surrounding areas that would go around and cause mischief. They were just teenage boys causing problems, basically. So police had had run-ins with them. Nothing major, but they knew who they were. So the two stepbrothers... 22-year-old Jamie and 18-year-old Chris had grown up together. Their parents got married when they were, like, very little kids. And so they were fully brothers in that aspect. But they hadn't really got close until the last month or so. And they started just hanging out all the time in the last couple months. And so, uh, as police look into it, they're like... Jamie was known, the older brother, the 22-year-old, he was known as this outgoing, charismatic, attractive guy. And then Chris was this quiet, non-athletic kid who was described as a dweeb by people in town. (laughs) So one of them definitely had the more domineering personality. And that's a real world. (laughs) One night, me and Amber were hanging out. And I said something about a domineering personality, and everyone there, which was just me and Amber and our husbands that were boyfriends <laughs> at the time, were like, that's not a word. It and was I, a big debate, but it definitely is a word. I won. I'm super smart. Domineering <laughs> is a word. Uh, we were all so convinced that it was not. We were like, Maggie, you just made that up. They're like, it but... kind of sounds like a word, but it's not a real word. And I was like, it's a word. Read books. <laughs> <laughs> Read books, you idiot. <laughs> uh, but um, he had a domineering personality. And the other brother was super shy and just kind of like following his brother's lead. So... The police get this tip that Jamie had been driving a green pickup truck that he definitely couldn't afford. So the police go to the boys' home. And I'm saying boys, and they're both men. One's 22, one's 18. So they're young men. These man-childs. Yeah. So the police go to their, (laughs) their parents' home, and their parents are just shocked. And they're like, honestly, we don't know their friends that well. And we do know that Jamie has been hanging out with Chris's friends a lot more lately, but like they couldn't have done this. Like they're good boys. Mm, um, of course, they are so good. They could never have done this. Yeah. So their parents are like, "Here's a couple of their friends' names that we know, but we don't know them that well. But 
they they didn't do this. So here's the information that the friends we know. So the parents are like, we don't know that much about what they do every day, but we know they're good people. Sure, whatever. And the cops reach out to those friends and those friends are like, yeah, um, Jamie and Chris have really gotten into meth lately. Oh, not a good look. Not a good look. So the all the friends, the, the friends rat out the other friends and the police were questioning all of this friend group. And there's like 30 boys in Chris's, the younger age range, high school age kids that are in this like bicycle gang type thing around town. And they're all like, yeah, we knew Jamie and Chris and like, they've definitely been doing meth. And one friend was like, yeah, they were hardcore into meth. All the kids around here are into meth. They're either making it, selling it, or dealing, like, making it, selling it, or using it. And so the police are like, okay, like, that kind of makes sense. So they start looking more into Jamie and Chris. Jamie, the 22-year-old, had just lost his job at a local plant. And Chris had just graduated high school, but he didn't have a lot of prospects in front of him. He didn't have any colleges just begging for him. He yeah. didn't have any job prospects. Nothing and, lined up. Yeah. So he graduated. Chris graduated. And Jamie came back to town or whatever because he lost his job. And he started hanging out with Chris, who was 18, and all of Chris's high school age friends. Like some kids that were still in high school. Some kids that had just barely graduated. And he was the cool, popular, good-looking 22-year-old that could buy them alcohol or whatever. Oh, and do all the things. And Chris just kind of went along with it because he wanted to be popular and had always been shy and awkward. And so Jamie was kind of his in. So they really, after this last couple months, dove into the meth scene, apparently. Um... The police also learned that Jamie had recently borrowed one of his friend's gray station wagons in late May and had returned that station wagon to their friend on June 11th, the day of the murders. Oh, June 11th. That's also Aaron's birthday. Oh, I feel like you know someone else whose birthday that is, but I can't remember right now off the top of my head. <laughs> uh, well, two murders and a bank robbery happened that day. Happy birthday, Aaron. Yeah, quite an eventful day. Uh, yeah, he was like 13 at the time. Yeah. Um, But the station wagon had been returned that day. And the friend was like, yeah, he also borrowed my 22 caliber handgun. Oh, he also borrowed that. Yep, it's all coming together. But he hasn't returned the gun yet. He returned the station wagon, but not the gun. Uh-oh. Yikes. So the police were like... Okay, obviously all of these things are linked. The two murders, the bank robbery. There was no gun shells at the bank robbery because no gun had been fired, thankfully. But ballistics confirmed that the shell casings from both the murders were from the same gun. And so the police told the public that the boys were suspects and they were looking for them. Um, Island Schultz the 18-year-old girl that had been murdered for the blue sedan, her friends came forward to the police and they were like, Island was definitely friends with Jamie. They'd hung out. 
they partied together, like they knew each other. Jamie had met her grandma at one point in time, like they were close. There's definitely a connection there. Yeah. And so um, police were like, okay, that gives us more reason to believe these boys are suspects following that. And then two days after, on June 13th, two days after the murder, murders, two local families contacted the police and they were like, hey, my 16-year-old daughter has been missing for the last few days and I'm pretty sure she's with Jamie and Chris. Oh. So two different 16-year-old girls have been missing for a couple days and both of their parents contacted the police two days after the murder. If I was missing for two days or more when I was 16, my mom would be losing her fucking mind. Yeah. But two days after the murders, these families came forward and they were like, hey, my 16-year-old daughter hasn't come home for a few days. I'm pretty sure she's with Jamie and Chris. Um, Just so you guys know. Perfect. Look into that. That'd be great. These murderers. My 16-year-old daughter is with a 22- and 18-year-old murderer. 22 years old, and he's hanging out with a bunch of 18- and younger children and running away with two 16-year-old girls. That's disgusting. Yeah, that's not ideal. When I was 22 year old, years old, I wanted nothing to do with 16-year-olds. I was like, you're so fucking annoying and dumb. Get away from me. <laughs> Yeah, there's quite a difference um, in maturity levels. There, there. should be. Ugh, that's gross. That's predatory. That's not yeah. okay. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, the police are like, uh, okay, cool. Thanks for letting us go. We'll look into this. That gives us a lead. So, shortly after that, an employee at a local hotel contacted the police and he was like, hey... I think I saw Jamie and Chris here with two young girls, and they were here right around the same time the murders were happening. So, like, just so you guys know, I think it was them. And I saw them drop the girls off in a gray station wagon, but later in the day they came back and picked them up in a green pickup truck. Oh, man. Weird, right? So weird. Yeah. So, that was june 13th that those parents came forward and like my 16 year old daughter is with these murderers please help us find them and Uh, they're probably not alive maybe so the police are looking for them and doing whatever they can they're not hearing a lot besides people that saw them that day june 11th that the murders happened and finally on june 21st 10 days after the murders the girl's parents called the police again and were like hey my daughter's home and she's okay just letting you guys know and the yeah. police were like uh we'll be there in a minute to talk to your daughter <laughs> cool so please show up to these girls house and they're like what the fuck happened like where have you been for the last 10 days what did they say to you are you okay did they hurt you and the girls are like um we were partying with jamie and chris on the night of june 10th We were drinking, doing drugs, whatever. They got a hotel room. We stayed there. And then on the morning of the 11th, they left in the gray station wagon. They were borrowing from a friend, told us they'd be gone for a while. And then when they picked us up, they were in a green truck and they had a bunch of cash with them. Oh. We just kind of went along with it because they were 
buying us drugs or whatever. And they were like, let's go to Florida and check out all of the amusement parks along the way. And these 16-year-old girls were like, oh my gosh, yeah, let's fucking do it, I guess. That sounds like so much fun! I can't understand that mindset in any way, shape, or form. Like, I, at 16, 14, 13, any age, I never would have been like, that seems like a good thing to do. Yeah, I don't think so. Yeah, but anyways, that's what they did. So for the next week or whatever... They're driving across states and spending money like crazy, just buying whatever they want, having a good time, going to amusement parks. And finally, they get to Florida and Disney World. And the girls are like, where the hell did you guys get this much money from? Right? I don't know why it took them like a week to ask that. Yeah, I would have figured that out or asked the question a lot sooner than then. Like immediately? Yeah. But whatever. So that's like a week later. They're in Florida at Disney World. And they're like, wait, where did this money come from? And apparently the boys were just like, oh, we robbed a bank. And two people had to be killed in the process. Oh. But that's what happened. And the girls were like, um, fuck no. We want to go home. Like, bring us home now. That's not okay. (laughs) And the boys were like... We're not going to do that. So they just like drove the girls to a orange grove in Kissimmee, Florida, and made them get out of the car, threw some money at them, and just drove away. Okay, so they didn't kill them. No. So they were able to get a train back home. They show up back home and are like, hey, mom and dad, sorry. We left with these murderers and uh, they killed some people and they told us all about it. We were just doing meth. No big deal. It's um, fine. But they tell the police all of this. And the police are like, okay, cool. They're near Disney World. Yeah. They're, they're like, like, all right. Well, they are, They sure are getting lots of good leads, yeah. at least. Yeah. So it's like 10 days, 11 days after the murders. And they're like, okay, they're in Florida. So uh, in late June, this happened June 11th, the murders in the bank robbery. In late June, America's Most Wanted did a whole segment on the boys, the men, the murders, the bank robbery, and that aired twice. And then on June 30th, a woman in Pensacola, Florida, saw the segment on America's Most Wanted and recognized the green pickup truck. Oh my gosh. So she calls the police and she's like, hey, I was just watching America's Most Wanted. I think I know where the green pickup truck from... This episode was, it was at this hotel. So the Pensacola, Florida police go to this hotel. They find this green truck parked behind the hotel, look up the plates, contact whoever they see. Or they're like, yep, that's the fucking truck we're looking for. So they go into the hotel and they're like, hey, there are like two dudes registered in the hotel with this truck. And the people working in the hotel are like, yeah. They're in this room. Yeah, yep. But there's three dudes. And the police are like... They picked up an extra one? Yeah. So the police are like, uh, okay. Cool. It's probably them. So they contact Florida SWAT. And they get a hostage negotiator. And they get everybody set up outside. And they call the room. And the person who answers is the the third dude. And he's like... (laughs) 
he's like hello and they're like hey this is a hostage negotiator i'm calling you because we believe there's like i i don't know the vote verbiage but i imagine yeah. he's like are you there with like jamie and chris and the guy's like yeah, yeah that, that is the guy's name and he's like okay well i'm a hostage negotiator for the SWAT team. Um, they murdered two people and robbed a bank. Oh, could you come outside? And he's like, or, or they're like, who are you? And he's like, I was hitchhiking. Oh, uh, and they okay. picked, they picked me up, and they had a bunch of drugs and alcohol, and we've just been partying for the last few days, and doing a lot of drugs and drinking a lot of alcohol and they're paying for everything so i was letting them so it's awesome and it's been great and the as he's talking to the negotiator jamie picks up the phone and jamie just starts screaming at the negotiator just like nonsense screaming and eventually the negotiator is like let the other guy go. He wasn't involved in any of this. Let him go. And so eventually Jamie lets the hitchhiker leave. And then a while later, Chris comes out as well, gives himself up. And then Man. finally, after a while, Jamie comes out and surrenders as well. So they get arrested and police search their belongings and they found $29,000 in cash. Thanks. So they really went through it. Yeah. So... Of the $65,000 they stole on... How the fuck do you spend $30,000 in, like, 12 days? It was, like, 19 days, but still $35,000. So, uh... Dang. They blew it all. Drugs. Oh, I guess drugs drugs will do it. Yeah. So, they arrest them all. They find... $29,000 of the $65,000 they stole, and they find a 22 caliber handgun. Oh. Weird. And so they take him in for questioning, and as Chris, the younger one, is being questioned, he tells the police everything. He told them that they decided to rob the bank to pay for their meth habit. Nothing was really thought out because they were just wanted more meth. Um, bef- the day before, the day before they decided to rob the bank, they were driving around town and they saw Barb drive by in her green Ford pickup truck. And Jamie was like, oh, I want one of those trucks. Oh, let's follow her home and s- steal her truck to rob the bank. No. And so they just followed her home, saw where she lived. And then went home. And then the next morning, super early in the morning, they went to her house, knocked on her door, and were like, hey, our car died. Can we just use your phone? And Uh, she was just super nice and was like, sure, come on in. And I know, right? Just like really an innocent and nice person. (sighs) I'm not going to ever answer my door. Right? And I mean, everybody has cell phones now, but still... But she was just like, sure, come on in. Um, And she, like, sat back down because she was literally sitting down to eat breakfast. And Jamie turns to Chris and he's like, you have to do this to prove yourself. And oh, no. And hands him the gun. And so Chris shoots her four times and kills her and they steal her truck. And 
they take her truck and they're supposed to go do the bank robbery. And then Jamie's like, oh, I don't, I really like this truck. I want to keep it. So we need a different vehicle. Because the gray station wagon that he borrowed from a friend, he really felt like he had to return or something. So instead of just abandoning this gray station wagon, they returned it to the friend and went to their other friend Island's house and killed her and stole her car. Oh no, so they were friends with her? Jamie was, the older guy. And so he was like, oh, Jamie has her own car. And I think he knew she lived alone or something. So they went to her house and Chris was like, I'm not going to kill her too. And so Jamie did it himself and he shot her in the back of the head and the forehead. And then they stole her car and they drove her car to the bank to do the robbery and then took off from the bank in her blue sedan and drove it to wherever the truck was parked and abandoned the car and then took off in the truck. So she basically, I mean, everyone died for no reason. This whole story is stupid. Yeah. An innocent 50 year old woman died because they happened to see her driving a truck they liked. And then an innocent 18-year-old girl died because they knew she had a car. And... Such bullshit. They killed them both, stole their vehicles, robbed a bank, partied for three weeks, and then were caught. Um, Jeez. Well, I'm glad that the other two girls and the hitchhiker got away, at least. Yeah, thank goodness. Um, And Chris, the younger one, admitted to everything as soon as he was caught. He he tried to blame the drugs on everything. He asked for mm. a psych evaluation. But despite that all, um, they were extradited back to Iowa. And they were charged in federal court with aggravated robbery and carjacking. And then they had state charges for first-degree murder. They both stuck plea deals to avoid the death penalty. And for that, they received the life sentences in federal court. And so in federal court for the aggravated robbery and carjacking, and then in state court, they received consecutive sentences for the first degree murders. So that means one after the other. Mm -hmm. Um, So they had to serve a life sentence in federal court and then a life sentence in state court just to make sure they never were released. And they both got like five life sentences. So... There was no chance of them ever being freed. Um, In November of of 2017, so they went to prison in like 98 or 9, I mean 98 is when they were caught, late 97, early 98. Yeah. And went, I mean, I'm sure the process took a while, but they were in prison or jail since 98. And in 2017, November, Jamie died by suicide in federal prison. So the more Ooh. the older one. Yeah. And he was in federal prison in Florence, Colorado. And Chris, the younger one, is still in federal prison in Kentucky. And he's 42 years old. Dang. He's only 42. That sucks. He's going to live a long, a lot longer, probably. He's been in prison since he was 18. That sucks. But he sucks sh- suck. shot an innocent person four times. Yeah. And Looks to suck, man. I don't. I think I skipped this part when the when he was confessing to everything because, like, they 
caught him and he was just like, yep, this is what happened. So mm-hmm. he's how they got all the details of everything. And he told them that Jamie told him he had to kill Barb, the older lady, that they didn't know at all, himself to prove himself. And so he did it and he shot her twice in the chest and twice in the head. And the police were like, do you feel bad that you did that? And he was like, no, not really. It's just what it is. What? Yeah, that's what he said on record. So. What the fuck? He was the more passive one. And he probably was high or coming down when he gave that interview. But still. Yeah, but still. Come on. Yeah. So that's the awful story of Jamie McMahon and Chris Kaufman in Iowa. Yeah, that's not ideal those guys are fuckers yeah they're awful and it's so sad and meth is a big problem and at that point in time it was like small town usa was being overcome by meth and crack and all the cheap drugs yeah um i don't i don't think it's really gotten any better i don't know yeah i don't i think the government tries harder to prevent it and people are more aware of it but meth's a very cheap drug so it's really addictive and awful. I don't think I'll ever take my chances on, <laughs> on that all pass. All day. Oh, weird. You don't want to try mess with me later? Nope. I, I think I'm good there. Okay, uh, fine. I guess I won't try it either. Um, what uh, the no. fuck? <laughs> <laughs> uh, not on my bucket list. Weird. Same. No, I had a cousin die of a heroin overdose in the last Ugh. three years, but drugs are bad, uh, okay? Yeah, they're not great. Yeah, so... Make people do shitty things. No, it's it's weird how it comes to pass, you know? Because, mm-hmm. like, my cousin's parents weren't drug users. I don't know. It's not like it was... I feel like when you... It's hard to break a cycle of addiction, and maybe there Mm -hmm. was a little bit of alcoholism in that family home, but my cousin died of a heroin overdose, and his brother attempted suicide while drunk. Um, So I think it it comes down to, like, mental health and substance abuse. Like, addiction is definitely a disease that's more common in some genetics than others, and... The male bloodline in my maternal side definitely is more likely to struggle with it than other people. Uh, yeah. But I don't know. It's weird. It's a weird thing. Yeah. It is definitely a, a weird thing. An awful thing. Sucks, man. Yeah. Um. So anyways. <laughs> yeah. How do we bring us out of that? Um, Iowa. I don't even know where Iowa is on a map. So since Iowa means beautiful, was is is Iowa like a, a really beautiful place? I don't know. I've never been there. Me either. I let's think, look let's look up some photos. Um so it's got a lot of hogs. I also read it's the number one producer of eggs in the United States and oh. ham because of all the hogs. Oh, okay. I think there's a lot of tree, a lot of rural area, but I don't think well, it's super the flat. Well, the photos 
look very pretty. I mean, these are just, I just Googled Iowa scenery and it's pretty. Hold on. There's lots of pretty sunsets. Share your screen with me. Greenery. Um, let's see how I do this. Share my. Uh, it says that the host disabled participant screen sharing. No, I didn't. Well, that's not what Zoom says. Okay, I don't know how to change that. <laughs> Anyways, I believe you. Um, okay, so thanks, Iowa. Sorry, victims of that crime. That's terrible, especially Barb. I yeah, mean, poor. Island nice was only lady. eighteen, and, but she knew them, so I don't feel less bad about it. But Barb, like, who who could have thought she was so reliable? As soon as she didn't show up for work, her boss was like, "Something's wrong. I need to call the police." Yeah, like, that's how dependable she was. They're like, I tried calling her. She didn't answer. She didn't show up for work. Like, please do a welfare check. That's how dependable of a person she was. They had a welfare check at her house by nine thirty in the morning. Yeah, that's that's crazy. I didn't dri- even someone liked her car and followed her home. Like that's yeah. terrifying. Yeah, that's super sketch. Yeah, super sketchy. Um, so definitely be aware of your surroundings. Yeah, I guess. But she couldn't time. even have known because they didn't attack her right then. They just found right. where she lived and then attacked her in the next morning. And it was before cell phones it was before social media so when like these two boys were like sorry our car broke down and they're just like young looking kids can Uh. i just use your phone real quick and she was like okay and just sat down she literally was sitting down when they killed her next to her fucking terrible okay sorry i'm i'm done with that (sighs) rough one for sure yeah man um yeah, so, anyways. I don't have any fun jokes. I don't or either. Anything. I, um, you were telling me when we weren't recording about your finger injury and how you just bandaged it up on the spot. And then later, when you got back to a nurse, it had, like, dried cotton in it that you had to tear out to make it bleed more. Yeah. So, the weather's been really weird in Utah this year. Like, super dry. We didn't get our first snow until, like, three days ago. Yeah. And that's mid-December. Which is nuts. It's insane. And so, like, it hasn't snowed here at all until December 10th, which is crazy. Yeah. Um, But it's been really dry. Utah's really dry. Mm-hmm. So when I grew up, when I was a kid, I got bloody noses all the time. Like, I just got a lot of bloody noses. I was prone to them. And it was weird. And I just, like, it happened in my sleep sometimes. Sometimes I just woke up and I was, like, covered in blood. Yeah, it was weird. Um, It happened all the time when I was a kid. And my mom was, like, weirded out by it. But there's only so much you can do. And then it stopped. And I didn't experience it for, like, my teen years. But over the last, like, five or seven years... When it's real dry in the wintertime, I get bloody noses again. And this year, they've been really bad. My sinuses are so dried out. So yesterday, my nose started bleeding. Like, it was really stuffy, and so I blew my nose, and all of a sudden, it just started pouring out of my nose. Oh, gosh, that's the worst. It was so bad, and I was just like, okay, like, whoa, 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 you know, and like, 
I was trying to catch it and plug my nose and I was like sticking toilet paper there and it was instantly soaking through. It was so much yeah. bad. And so I was like tilting my head back and like I went and got a nap I like a paper towel because I was like those absorb more and that still was soaking through super fast. Oh my gosh. And so I was just like tilting my head back to try and catch it all. I was holding the bridge of my nose that wasn't doing anything and I literally couldn't like tilt my head forward without blood dripping out. Oh my gosh. Even if there was something like shoved up my nose. And so I'm like texting Spencer because he was at work and I was like, I don't even know what to do right now. <laughs> like, right? Nothing is catching this. It's soaking through everything. It's happened. It's so bad. And he was like, stick a tampon up your nose. And I was like, I thought about it, but I think they're too big. I have little nostrils. <laughs> yeah. And, and then <laughs> Pretty it just big. kept just fucking coming 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 and i was like i'm gonna go see how small a tampon is so i tried it and i was able to get a little tampon in my nostril oh my god and it worked i was like okay it's not like bleeding through this this is made to absorb blood right yeah. so i just had like a tampon hanging out of my nose for a while and i left it there for a while because it like i legit was dealing with this bloody nose for like 50 minutes Oh my and god. And it wasn't stopping. Yikes. That's Were you lightheaded? How much blood did you lose? I feel like a lot. I laid down and was like tilting my head back and it still was so much and it wasn't stopping. It wasn't clotting. And I was like, when do I need to be concerned enough to go to like a doctor? Because this is a lot of bleeding that's yeah. not stopping. So I stuck a tampon in my nose. <laughs> like for real. <laughs> and it <laughs> worked it was soaking up the blood it still felt like it was bleeding for a while but i was my kids finally went down for a nap and so i was just trying to get my office assembled in our unfinished basement because i don't want them playing down here yeah and so i just left it up there for a while and then i finally went back upstairs when the kids were waking up and i was like i'm gonna take this fucking thing out of my nose right but it just tore the clot right out or whatever. Oh, and then it just started bleeding all over again? Instantly started bleeding so much again. Like, everywhere. It was so much blood. It was so... Hmm. I don't know what the moral of this story is, but tampons kind of work unless they're going to tear the clots out or the scabs out when the bleeding stops. Yeah, that's not fun that's the worst yeah so i got advice to put an ice pack on the back of your neck and that should help bloody noses really apparently i did it after i took the tampon out and it was bleeding again i tried that and it seemed to work but i don't know if it was just the bloody nose ending that's a weird thing to work so next time it ha yeah i don't know if it just slows the blood flow huh um, or what, but, and then, so I'll try it again next time I get a bloody nose, because I'm sure it's going to happen in the next couple days. And I also got advice to put Vaseline inside of my nostrils before I go to bed, just to help keep Oh, them, to keep the moisture? Out. Yeah, so. Yeah, because I was going to say, like, how do you even, like, A humidifier and Vaseline in your nose, apparently, but, hmm. yeah, so if anybody else has advice, let me know. Um... Oh, I was supposed to ask you about Loki. Oh, so my sister's dog, Loki. My sister has two dogs, Loki and Thor. Loki is... Uh, they're both wiener dog mixes. And one of them is mixed with a black lab? 
He looks like a black lab, like weenie. Yeah. And the other one's like a wire hair, like a, I don't know. He's like a, he's real cute, wire haired, gray type dog. So anyways, that's Thor. The black one is Loki. And he's had a lot of issues this year. A couple months ago, so she, she bought a new house like a year ago. And her dogs have never really had like a yard because she lived in a townhome. So she just had to take them out on leashes. But now she has her own little yard and her dogs go nuts with all the neighbor's dogs. And one of the neighbors, the backyard neighbor, has this big old dog that also goes nuts and they try and dig under the fence to get to each other. So like a month ago, they got to each other and got under the fence and Loki got his paw under there and this big dog just like got a hold of Loki's paw in his mouth or his oh. nails, I don't know, but like fucking deformed his little finger mm. and he was bleeding so much and yelping and she brought him to the vet and like they almost had to amputate it and they were like, well, we think we can... She called me and she was freaking out. She's like, I can't. Like, he just wants to walk on it and it's bleeding everywhere all over my house. Yeah. And I can't get him in the car by myself. And so I went over to her house and tried to help, like, <laughs> clean it up to see if it just needed to be wrapped for a while or if, like, he needed a vet. And, like, you could see the tendon. And so it was like, he needs a vet. But with COVID, vets are super backed up. Yeah. So we're like, calling all the emergency vets and they're all like, well, you have to be here for an emergency appointment, but you have to sit in the parking lot because of COVID and it's probably going to be three to four hours before you oh actually get in. And so it's like, okay, um, call you back if we decide to go there, I guess. I'll call a different place. Thankfully, one of my friends is a vet, vet tech and I texted her a picture of it and was like, this needs stitches, right? And she was like, yep. <laughs> She's like, but I can get you in in the next half hour if you can be here. And I was like, fuck yes, we can be there. <laughs> well, absolutely. So we got him to that appointment and they got him, they looked at it, cleaned it up, whatever. And they were like, I think we can just stitch this up and it'll be okay and reconnect. It didn't. They oh, should have no. amputated it. He, <sighs> he's not in pain. But his pinky finger faces the wrong direction now. Oh. Just completely, like, points out to the side. Just like a... Oh. It's just disconnected. It's just like a dead oh, okay. piece of limb on his paw. Um, so it could get snagged and stuff and stuff going yeah. forward. But they thought it might reattach. It didn't. Anyways, so that happened a couple weeks ago. And then, like, a week or two goes by. And he starts being really weird about peeing he never would wake her up to pee in the night right he doesn't have a doggy door or anything but he'd withhold it till morning she let yeah. him out in the morning whatever it was fine he's like nine years old she's had him his entire life and it's never been a problem but now he's not even be able to make it through the night and he's oh. acting like he has to pee all the time and like he's trying to push something out when nothing's coming out like air and he's in pain and she's like something's wrong so she brings yeah. him to the vet, and the vet's like, he's fine. He's just, like, messing with you. Like, he just wants you to wake up in the middle of the night to let him out. Um, It's no big deal. And she's like, no, something's wrong. Like, yeah, I can tell. Weird. Like, this, she's a single woman. Her dogs are her babies, you know? Yeah. Like, 
And she's like, no, this isn't normal. And the vet's like, mm, no, he's just fucking with you. So then another week goes by and she knows he's in pain and like something's yeah. wrong. And so she brings him back to the vet and she's like, something is wrong. He seems like he's in pain. He acts like he's trying to push something out, but it seems like just air's coming out. Like it's weird. And the, the vet's like, oh, why didn't you say that last time? And oh she my was God. like, I said the exact same thing last time and you didn't believe uh. me. And she's like, well, I tried to do a, a x-ray or whatever last time, but his penis is too big and I, I couldn't see his bladder, but he has like 20 bladder stones. Cool. Oh my God. Cool. So he has a bunch of stones in his bladder that are getting stuck in his urethra as he tries to pee. Oh my God. So he is in a lot of pain and has been for several weeks at this point. Because she waited for a week before she even went to the vet because it was like, maybe he just has a bad tummy or something, you know? Yeah. And so then she went to the vet. The vet told her it was nothing. It was another week. So the vet's like, I can recommend you to a specialist to do the surgery with like a laser but it's three thousand dollars oh my lord and she's like i and she just paid a bunch of money for that fuck up finger thing right yeah and she's like the vet's like or i can do it myself in office which will cost less but i have to cut open his abdomen remove his bladder oh my god open up the bladder and hope I get all of those stones. And Del's like, well, that doesn't sound promising. <laughs> yeah. So she went to the specialist. Oh my god. And he was super nice. And well, and when she went back, the the vet was like, I'm so sorry. I didn't see this last week. Yeah. Because Del was like, I told you. <laughs> I told you so. Right. And the vet was like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I didn't no find this last week like i am sorry and she's like it was just when you said he was trying to like push out air that caught my attention and i was like that <laughs> <laughs> was like i said that last week too but whatever so she was super apologetic she didn't catch it a week early but anyways he had his surgery today and dale called me and she was like the doc the the vet specialist texted me a drawing of my dog's penis <laughs> and i was like well that's a weird dick pic <laughs> and as i'm on the phone with her saying well that's a weird dick pic spencer walked into the room and he just looked at me like who are you talking to <laughs> like dick pic what weird dick pic <laughs> and, was, and she was like yeah and she's i was like <laughs> just telling me how they don't even go in through the penis because that's what the other vet told her they'll go in through the penis do a laser break it up scoop it all out and this specialist was like actually we don't go through the penis (laughs) dale's telling me this and she's like well he was like they don't go through the penis because it's usually too small in these dogs and i was like well you haven't seen thor's or loki's dick and I was like, Dale, that's a really weird thing to say. And she's like, his dick is huge. <laughs> so her dogs are like the same size, Thor and Loki. And she's like, Thor's dick is tiny. Loki's dick is ginormous. And I'm like, oh my God. Dale, this is really weird. And she's like, whatever. The doctor won't go through his penis. So they had to make a hole under his butthole. Oh my God. That connects to his urethra. 
to go in and do this laser and scoop everything out. And he he's gonna pee through this new hole under oh his butt until it scabs up. <laughs> this is a gross story. <laughs> oh my god. But anyways, uh, he has a new pee butthole. Oh my gosh, poor thing. But they got out kidney stones, and, or I mean bladder stones, and some of them were blocking his urethra. So he should be better. Yikes. And so he's just still gonna have his little snaggled finger? Yeah, I don't I don't think they amputated that while he was out today, because the specialist doesn't do that. Oh, so, poor little guy. He's a mess, and like, how have you spent that much money on your dog that recently? Like, I don't, I love Jeeves, but I don't know. That's a lot of money, man. Yeah. Um, oh. Her do- her doctor texted her doggy dick pic, though. <laughs> uh, that's that's pretty awkward. It's yeah, hilarious. Anyways. Yeah, good story. Yeah. Hopefully, little Loki just stabs up his little pee pee hole soon. His and- extra pee bow. And goes back to normal. Poor little guy. He's home. He's okay. She's she cried today. She was like, "I knew everything was okay, like mentally, but like I just started crying and I couldn't oh. handle it." She's just soft-hearted, and so she went to the store and looked for my favorite lipstick that's been discontinued. Oh bummer! I know you can buy it. So it's like a six-dollar lipstick, but it's discontinued. So now you can buy it on, like, Amazon or, like, Target.com for, like, $20. Like, and it's like, it's my favorite. So I'm probably going to buy a couple. <laughs> of course. It's a very specific color. You can't, I don't know, my skin tone, you can't go too pink or too orange. Or it just, like, goes bad. Yeah. And too brown. Like, brown's a good color on me, but it's too much for my own taste. So this color was just light and pretty, and now it's discontinued. So I was conveying that to her, and so she in her retail therapy while she waited for her surgery today was trying to find it for me. Mm. She was like, I bought you a couple lipsticks, but not the one you want. <laughs> I was like, thanks. <laughs> like, okay. One of them has the same name, so we'll see. Ooh, okay. Yeah. Anyways. Moving's weird. It's a lot. Yeah, moving is rough. Yeah, it's fun. This is a nice place to live on five acres. We don't have any neighbors we can see. It's weird we're in HOA. Yeah, so weird. Because we, we're always like, we'll never live in an HOA. Same. But like to get five acres in Salt Lake County in the mountains, it's like crazy. Okay, we can deal with an HOA to like have the roads cleared when it snows, you know? Yeah. And communal, like, garbage removal. Yeah. Um, but they're doing an HOA vote right now on a lot of things, apparently. I don't I don't know. It's been hard to break down because the drama. <laughs> so mm. the HOA was instilled in the early 90s, I think, is when it was, like, invented. And the CCRs, whatever that means, the forms for the HOA, the rules are three pages long. Okay. They have been for the last 20 years, 20 plus years. They haven't changed. Right. Um, And they're trying to implement some changes right now. 
But the HOA rules currently say you can have horses, but you can't have any other livestock. You can't have chickens. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, we have chickens. We have five acres. Why the fuck can't we have chickens? Come on. Right. And they're like, well, it'll introduce, it'll make mountain lions and coyotes want to be here more than they already are. And it's like, mm-hmm. I mean, like, nah. our dogs are probably doing that too. So, come on. Any any small animal. Or your horses. You know, like, yeah. that's silly. You can have horses and not chickens. But that's up for debate. And somebody in the neighborhood hired a lawyer and had a, a letter written up. And they went to every single house in the neighborhood and just put this letter in the mailbox. Oh my gosh. It wasn't, like, mailed. It was literally somebody just put a paper in the mailbox. That's intense. And that happened right after we moved in. And I was like, oh, HOA drama immediately. Fuck. Uh, but we're, <laughs> we're voting, like, tomorrow? We have to go to that. HOA meeting on Zoom tomorrow. So, oh my gosh! A bu- but then I got fun. an email today from the HOA's attorney disputing all the things that these people said. Oh my god! Because they were super nitpicky in their their thing, and it was like, okay, everything they called out was like not true or like really exaggerative. We need better CCRs just to live in today's society and make sure we're staying up to par with, like, everything that needs to happen. Nothing's as extreme as they tried to say it was in their letter. Like, yeah, come on. But (laughs) it's just like, fuck, I have to do so much research to know which side I land on now. (laughs) Yeah. So that's weird. I now live in an HOA, even though I live in the mountains. Yeah, I wouldn't think that there was an HOA, but I mean, it is gated, and then they yeah do the stuff. It's, it's so. good. To ha- I'm glad because I don't think the city would remove snow all the way up this road. You'll see when you yeah. come, but it's pretty far up the road, up the like mountain. Yeah. So it's nice to have snow removal, but we have to bring our garbage down to a dumpster. Like we don't even have a garbage day. We just have to bring the garbage down to the dumpster. Oh, that's fun. That's um. Aaron's dad has to do that in his little neighborhood. He has to, like, take it to the dump and stuff. It is a little neighborhood, so it's fine, I guess. But it's weird. But anyways, um, Jeeves was really concerned about the move. Yeah. He, like, could tell something was going on. Like, he could tell when we were <laughs> going out of happening? town and we start packing, a, like, one bag to leave. For, yeah. Like, he's like, oh, where are you guys going? Yeah. He's like, what's happening? And he gets all, like, clingy. So yeah. we were packing up, like, all our furniture. We got a pod, and we packed up the couches early on to just get them out of the way and stuff. And he got super clingy and was just, like, every time we left the house, he was super whiny and trying to come with us. Like, don't leave me, don't leave me. Yeah. And so then when we moved, we brought him with, obviously, and he <laughs> just, like, sat outside. And he loves this property. He's yeah. peed on every single tree. Oh, and yeah, for sure. He's so happy. But at the same time, we were unloading the trailers full of stuff. And he would just come and, like, sit at the entrance of the trailer and watch us go. Just be like, if you're <laughs> leaving, I'm I'm with you. Like, I, you're not leaving me here, fuckers. Yeah. <laughs> just, he's cute. He's a good boy. He just loves That's us so, so much. That's so funny. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. I don't have anything else to talk about. I don't think. Uh, yeah. Either really. Okay. Okay. So, anyways, uh, see you next week in Kansas. Kansas? Yeah, I think it's Kansas, Iowa.
Yeah, Kansas. Okay, your turn, Kansas. Kansas. Love you, bye. Okay, bye. Bye. <laughs>